Amen. Remain standing, please. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. Ephesians, chapter 5, you'll find that on page 1254 if you have a Schofield Bible. Aren't you thankful for His love this morning? Amen. Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 15. Ephesians 5, 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in your house once again this morning. Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would touch all these, dear God, that are sick among us. And, uh, Lord, those especially that couldn't be here this morning, you touch them, heal them, and help them today, dear God. In other words, it comes time now for the preaching of thy word. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you just touch our pastor in a special way, Lord. Uh, Lord, you pray you touch his voice this morning, Lord. And uh, just use him, dear God, to, uh, to deliver the message that you've put in his heart. Lord, that, that we stand in need of. God, we pray, Lord, that you just help us to be uh, uh, attentive on purpose this morning, Lord, that we might not miss what you have to say. God, if there's one lost and undone among us this morning, Lord, we pray, Lord, that that one will come to know Christ and a free pardon of sin before they leave here. And God, we'll give you the glory and honor for all that's done here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You'll be seated. Also, I need to mention, remember, Jimmy Ramsey's family and the uh, loss of his mother. So uh, do remember them in your prayers. Also, there'll be no patch club this coming Wednesday. Okay, no patch club this coming Wednesday. Just a lot going on this week. All right. I'm not going to have the gift of being bombastic this morning. In other words, that's a nice way of saying I don't have the voice to holler at you. To get your attention. So I will need you to do something for me this morning. I need you to look this way on purpose. And I will need you to listen on purpose here this morning. The text is a very short one. Only three verses. And even the verses are very short. Yet, in those three very short verses, we have God's simple plan for evil days. Would you agree with me? We are living in a world that is spinning more out of control and more evil than we have ever seen in our lifetime. How many would agree with that statement? <coughs> As often the case in the Bible, God doesn't have to use a lot of words to get a message across. We find as God comes and He's saying, I've got an answer. I've got a solution. The worldwide economical crisis in the last few years has cost us trillions of dollars in lost wealth. And if those have a say-so, they're not going to be anybody wealthy. We find 
people who only just a few years ago had a reasonable prospect for the future have seen, in many cases, a lifetime wiped out. And with this comes a sense of uncertainty. You don't... uh, A few years ago, I read a message by Dr. Wilkerson, uh, the pastor at New York Church, and he said, the day will come we will see our cities burning because of rioting and looting. I didn't think much of it when the time that I read it. Until the other day I was watching the news and how they're talking about all these cities being burned and looted even today. And the problem is just not a race war. But it goes much deeper than that. There's a sense of anxiety and, and, uh, and everybody feels like they're kind of walking on thin ice, if you will. And to be honest with you, I agree with the mood of our nation to a certain extent. But I also believe that times like these become hinge moments for you and I. I I'm still, beyond a doubt, the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord our God. I'm glad this morning... The secret things still belong to the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Not to the President, not to the Congress. If I thought they was in control of things, my goodness, I'd buy me some pork and beans and a gun and find me a cave. But our text offers three simple, simple answers. Now, If Jesus gives me my allotted time, I don't have but about 14 years to live on this earth. Don't tell nobody, but when I get close, I'm going to ask for 10 more. But I'm just, if God allots people 70 years. But those of you that are 14, 15, 16, years of age, if you got half a brain, you ought to listen this morning intently. You need to begin applying this now to your life because you don't have just 14 years. If Jesus doesn't come, now I do believe He's coming. I believe He's going to come in my lifetime But I'm going to tell you something, if he doesn't, then you've got 40, 50 years in this world. And so you'd better learn these principles. And they're just three simple. They're so simple. Number one, watch your step. Notice what he said. See then that you walk circumspectfully Not as fools, but as wise. The word circumspectfully simply means to walk accurately, precisely. It is the thought of going around a mountainside 
on a very narrow ledge and being so careful of watching your step that you don't make the wrong step and plunge to your death. But let me make this statement. And I really want you to get this statement. Most often, we trip not in headlong pursuit of evil, but in a headlong pursuit of good. We're guilty of living too fast. Too many snap judgments. Too many hasty decisions. We swap relationships like changing shirts. The mentality is, if this don't work, I'll throw you away and find me somebody else. We move too fast. We react too fast. We answer before we hear the question. And we just keep pressing the throttle of life as hard, as hard as we can. Nobody has time to read. When's the last time you young people spent 30 minutes reading a book? I didn't say reading a text. I'm going to make a statement and I, I won't apologize for it. I'm not so sure the most damning, ungodly, hellish thing that's ever been, that's ever been created has been these smartphones and the ability to spend hours on end talking about nothing. Feeding drama, 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 drama. And nobody taking time to ask the question, what do I do with my future? Where am I headed? What, what, what am I going to be 10 years from now if Jesus don't come? Where am I going to be 20 years from now if Jesus doesn't come? We brag about the ability to text so fast. I've seen a program. I have to get how many thousand words this girl could text in, in just a minute, but it's unbelievable. But yeah, she probably doesn't know what it means to wash a dish. She don't know how to sweep a floor. She don't know, the, she don't know which end of the vacuum cleaner to use. Probably couldn't fix a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And reality is, we, we're, we're not watching our step. And we're, and we're raising a bunch of fools instead of wise generation. We, we try to win the world too fast. I, I believe me, if I was president, and you better hope I never run and get it, Amen. If I was a president, first thing I'd do for every new married couple, I'd make them go to the laundromat for two years. How many of you knows what a laundromat is? 
for the next generation because I know I do. That's that building on the side of the road. It's got a bunch of washing machines that just you feed quarters after quarters after quarters in and you sit there and all kinds of strange people come in. All kinds. You say, why would you do that, preacher? Because you'd appreciate the washing machine when you got it. You'd appreciate, I still appreciate a washing machine and a dryer. I walk by and pat and say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to go to the laundromat no more. We live too fast. We speak before we think about what's it going to do and how's it going to hurt. It's sad. We teach before we're taught. We build high before we build deep. Jehovah said, we build high before we build deep. We marry out of lust and not out of love. I said, we marry out of lust instead of out of love. I hate to tell you this. And all you young people, and I know you, you look good now, but I hate to tell you something. That beauty's going to flee you one day. That perfect body you've got, it's going to start sagging. Gravity has a way of doing that. Amen? And, uh, and you, you say, well, my, I'm just sorry. Oh, yes, you will. Oh, yes. Some idiot drug out a picture of when me and Darlene just, I mean, really young and uh, uh, over at over Libby's the other day and my hair was jet black, had a wonderful mustache. I probably weighed 120. Them days is gone. They ain't never coming back. I look at that picture now and say, my God, what, look what church members have done to me. Amen. It's even possible to name God in the name of God to go too fast. We try to right the wrongs of the world too fast. We try to win the world too fast. We speak too quickly. Our worst or our words are hasty and ill time. We're ugly. We're ugly. We don't know how to be kind and civil. We're ugly in our words with, with no concern. Someone has said, Sticks and stone may break my bones, but words will never hurt you. That's a lion, it's dog you ever heard. Whoever said, that's a lion dog, words do hurt. And they carve deep cuts. In many cases, that lasts a lifetime. We're in this hurry, hurry, hurry. And most of our churches... If God don't show up by 12 or 12.15, if God just show up at 12.15 and revival break out, half of, this, half, half of this church would be fighting mad because you missed a meal. Trust me, we all missed a few. It wasn't hurt a thing. Most often, we trip not in the headlong pursuit of evil, 
but in the headlong pursuit of good. This gen- we got a this generation. I become a fool. He's talking here. You say why? Because you got people around you, all around you. Their hair's white. Their face is wrinkled. If their hair ain't white, they dyed it. Their face is wrinkled. And if you listen, they got wisdom. Some of you young people ain't got enough brains to talk to mom and dad and say, teach me about life. Teach me. You know why? Because you got you know it all. You don't know Psalms forty six ten. Be still and know that I am God. Elijah's sick this morning. And uh but I tell you what's the truth, if that boy had sat still, I think he would explode. He's always moving. And some of you are doing the same thing. You never stop and just sit still. When's the last time you young people sat down with someone and had a face-to-face conversation? I'm talking to you now. When's the last time you sat down and had a face-to-face conversation? I didn't say when's the last time you spent three hours on a cell phone. I said when's the last time. We don't know how to do that no more. And I'm going to be honest. I'm be, be, again, I kind of feel a little bit bad this morning. So you said I'm going to get mad. I really don't care. I feel so bad. I don't really care. Get mad. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel worse than the devil for that. But the truth is, you don't know how to have a one-on-one conversation. And don't, don't say this. It is sorry beyond imagination for you to say anything in a text that you won't say to a person face-to-face. It's a form of language. And you're talking. But he said, watch your step. He said, walk circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise. Second thing, redeem the time. Ephesians 5, 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The word redeem is a salvation word. It it originally comes from the marketplace. It means to buy back. It means to purchase something. So when you redeem something, you buy it back. You purchase it again for your own use. But the Greek language has two words for time. One word refers to hours, minutes, seconds. But the other word refers to the moment of opportunity. Martin Luther King said in 1963... We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. Whoa. Paul says, 
There's a reason we need to redeem the time. Because he said the days are evil. Here's what that statement means. These are desperate times. Paul writes these words from a prison cell. He's chained to other guards. The emperor Nero was the perverted excuse of a king at that time. Before too long, he's going to set fire to Rome and blame the Christians for it. Later, he's going to order Paul to be beheaded. Ephesus was a city that was wholly given over to heathenism and idol worship. In Paul's day, it was the most important city in Roman providence of Asia. It was located near a coast. And Ephesus served as an international commerce. If there had been vacation brochures there, one of the top things would have been the temple of Artemis. The Romans called it Diana. It was the goddess of sex. The central statue was of a woman with many breasts, symbolizing an unfettered sexual satisfaction and perversion, or sexual freedom. All you young people need to listen to me. You say you shouldn't preach this. Somebody better preach it. Virginity is not a dirty word. And every young lady and every young man who come up with this idea, every young man ought to sow his oaks, is straight out of hell. They don't understand what I'm talking about. But you better get a hold of something. You live loose and you sleep around. Every person you sleep with you sleep with every person they've slept with in the last seven years. It's a documented fact. I worked at a hickory chair, and we had a young man, he's, and we always cut nothing. Throw so much of him. And uh, one, one Friday he come, he said, I, I'm going to Charlotte this weekend. And I'm going to do something I've never He said, I'm going to Charlotte, and I'm going to a bar. And this young man was a Christian. I believe that. I believe he was. I said, son, you know better than that. I said, Christians don't need to belong to a place like that. He said, I know, but I've always wanted to, and I'm, I'm just going to do that. I just want to try it. So he does. About five, six months later, I noticed he wasn't at work. So I got to asking around, and I was aggravating him. I said, now bless God, if you can't get out of bed to get to work, I'll come by and get you, you know, just aggravating him. I noticed he's missing. Then I noticed something else. I noticed he started looking really sickly, losing a lot of weight. One day he walked to my office. I still see him walking in and sitting down. He said, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. He said, do you remember... That trip to... Sh- I said, yeah. He said, well, I did go to a bar. He looked at me and he said, I've never been in one in my life. I did pick up an old 
gal. And we did have a one night stand. He looked at me and said, just one night. One night. He said, a few months ago, I started getting a cold and couldn't get over it. I just couldn't get better. So finally, the doctor ordered a battery of tests and he said, I got full-blown AIDS. And it was back then, the AIDS was, was, wasn't new then, but it was, they didn't know how to treat it much. And in about 60 days, that old boy, they buried him. And he went by like 29, 30 years of age. We need to understand something. And we've got to, we've got to start teaching this. Be sure your sin will find you out. We have to understand something. Nobody sins and gets by. You say, well, I sinned and got by. It, it just, payday ain't caught up with you yet. But it will. It will. And we find that one ancient writer said of Ephesus, their morals were lower than animals. Let me tell you what was common in Ephesus of that day. Astrology, black magic, sorcery, which was nothing more than, than drugs, sorcery of that day. The word sorcery comes from word pharmaceutical. We got the word pharmaceutical, drugs. But then they had the soothsayers, sexual perversion, produced a degraded form of idol worship. They held ancient emphasis in his grip. And they had no idea that persecution was rolling in on the horizon. As the gospel spread, Christians were being opposed because, to be honest with you, they were considered a threat. Evil days tempt us to want to give up and say, man, we can't do it. The day is dark, the hearts of men have grown cold, and there's nothing we can do to make a difference. I refuse to believe like that. G. Campbell Morgan said this, The day of moral corruption offers special opportunities for the, pro- for the prosecution of great enterprise for the kingdom of God. Here's what he's just saying. The darker, the darker the day, the brighter our light should shine in this world. Let me just say this. Of course, you've got no light if you're not saved. And don't, don't miss this. If you can sin and it don't bother you, you are kidding yourself. You are deceived. Because God said, old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. I didn't say we live perfect, but I say this much. There's a desire to want to live right. Amen? There's a desire to want to live right. Number one, watch your step. It's that simple. Number two, redeem the time. Redeem the time. Every young person, every young person here, how many of you are, are in the ninth grade? One, okay? How many is two? How many is in the tenth? Eleventh. Eleventh. Good, 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 good. Okay. Twelfth. Uh, Any seniors? Okay, good, good, good. Ninth grade. Your number one thought ought to be this. Number one, where am I going to go to college? 
What am I going to do with my future? What am I going to do with my life? Now I'm really trying to help you. And you better get this. When, when we grew up your age, if you was willing to work hard, you could find a job. And they would train you in that job and you could move up and make a decent living. How many understands what I'm talking about? Okay, understand something. That job's gone. It's gone. It's no longer here. And if you don't have some kind of training or schooling in a specific area, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to struggle and all you're going to make is minimum wage and you're going to work your hind end off and you're going to be aggravated and you're going to quit your job. You do, and you're gonna blame everybody in the world. But the truth of the matter is, won't you cut the telephone off? Won't you shut down everything and start thinking about what do you want to do with this gift called life? Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Someone not long ago come up to me and said, "Man, I, I wished I could be like Matthew." He's got our best kids. And he's over there so we can talk about him. Amen. <coughs> Which don't fear. I'd talk about him if he was sitting there. It wouldn't bother me any bit. So I said, I, I'd like to be like Matthew. Really? Really? Okay. When he was 12 and 13, he'd come over here to the church with me every night to pray. If he, didn't, if he has not asked me a million questions, he's not asked me one. I told him one day, we was talking, I said, son, and by the way, my underwear's white. He said, what? I said, you've asked me everything in the world, but what color my underwear is? <laughs> he's asked me everything. That could be, the, he is, he is picked my poor little brain. Now, that ain't much, but he's got all there is. By the time he was 14 or 15, he knew he was going to Hiles Anderson. And nothing was going to be deterred from that. I happen to believe, maybe I'm a little partial, I happen to believe he's got one of the finest ladies I've ever met as his bride, as his wife. But you know what? Before he ever talked to her, he called me and said, Pastor, what do you think about Sarah? I said, man, it's about time some of you idiots got your head out of the sand <laughs> and realized there's a prize sitting on that church pew and you fellas ain't got enough brains to see it. I said, I think she'll make you a wonderful wife. I ain't asking you nothing. I know. That's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to. We'll celebrate 40 years. I had to think about that a little while. 40 years. June the 27th of 2015. How you doing?
I don't, I don't have to argue with you. If you know it all, how you doing? How's that working? I got, I got to tell this. We was over there the other day, and Mr. Ryder fixed to leave out of here. And here's what the girl said. The girl said that they never knew a day when their daddy ever took his own shoes off. Said he'd come in at work and sit down in the recliner. Miss Violet would go over there, take off his shoes, and get a pan of water, and wash his feet. He said, I wouldn't do that. I know. I know. They enjoyed what? Almost 50, 60 years? She lived 92, and all of her kids around her bed the other day. I love this. Danny got married to Renee, and in about two weeks, he said, Renee, you want to take my shoes off? She said, you ain't my daddy. <laughs> Amen. I love that. I don't think Lee's got his wife taking off his either. Amen. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you, if you get your head out of the sand, and ask some people around you. You find we know a whole lot more than you think we do. Redeem the time. You're running out. Number three, do God's will. Wherefore be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Suppose God were to come and ask you this morning, what age would you like to live in? Starting with Egypt, to Greece, to Rome, days of Abraham Lincoln, 1968, the whole fabric of the nation was coming unrivaled because of slavery and the blacks and the whites. Strangely enough, the Almighty would come and ask me, what age would you like to live in? I think I'd tell him I'd like to live in right now. What a great day. You say, but the world's all messed up. I know. You say, the nation is sick. I know. You say, there's trouble in the land. I know. There's confusion everywhere. I know. But I know also this. That it's only when it's dark enough can you see the stars. It's only when it's dark enough you can see the stars. I don't know what's going to happen in 2015. I do believe we got some difficult days ahead. Like everybody, I don't live as long as I can. But I'm going to tell you something. If I had one desire, I just want to do God's will. Those seven words can literally and ought to be the foundation of everything we build on. It's what I want to build this church on. I'm not interested in what some other church done, what other preachers done. I'm not interested in none of that. I'm interested in 
the Lord's will for Solid Rock Baptist Church. I really am. We find today Christians are both pessimistic and optimistic. So my Pastor Jay, which one are you? I'm neither one. I try to be a realist. Because I know that God's in control of the circumstances of life. I ain't going to tell you I understand all of them. I didn't spend Christmas Day beside Miss Libby as Michael took the last breath here and saw Jesus the next breath. I'm not sure I understand all that. And I'm so glad I don't have to. I just got to believe. And even that day, she said, I'll see you in church Sunday. I said, hallelujah. We find it's like being in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified. Friday, pessimism reigned everywhere, but on Sunday, hallelujah, when the dawn broke, the Lord had risen. Good news, he lives, amen. These are great days to be alive. Exciting days, amazing days, uncertain days, and frightening days. And all those things are true at the same time. But the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Paul Harvey had a statement, a famous quote he made. In times like these, it helps to recall that there has always been times like these. I like that. Exodus 15, the Lord is my strength. My song, he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, neither, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not leave, fail thee, nor forsake thee. First Samuel 12, 2. Now behold, the king walketh. Before you, I am old and gray-headed. Behold, my sons are with you, and I walk before you from my childhood unto this day. What a statement. Psalmist said in 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. First John 4.4, 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Seize the day for God. Seize the day for God. Therefore, my beloved brethren, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Quit this wishy-washy up and down, in and out. As we approach a new year, some of you need to stop asking the question, are we going to church today? You need to settle that thing, quit asking that question, and say when the church doors squeak, we're walking through them. End of story. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. First of all, watch your step. Don't walk like a fool. Walk in wisdom. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Number three, do God's will. Because 
we may be the generation that Jesus chooses to... We might be the generation that hears the trumpet call. We may be the generation right now that's here when Jesus comes. And I promise you, when He comes, we won't have to worry about no more services. Hallelujah. Amen. So stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed.